have somebody, you know, at the height of their enthusiasm, the likelihood that they're going to take a a next action or another action is pretty high. And so giving them that opportunity and making it as easy as possible for them to do that is, uh, is, is something that you should, you should try. listening to Relish This, the Purpose Marketing Podcast. Here's your host, Stu Swineford. My guest today is Maggie Grout, founder and executive director of Thinking Huts. Her organization's mission is to increase global access to education through 3D printing, and they're working to build the world's first 3D printed schoolhouse in Madagascar. Maggie is just getting started with fundraising and building awareness for her organization, and has created a solid following on social media. We discussed ways to get a strong understanding of her assets so she can make more informed decisions about where to engage and what levers to pull, as well as how to hyper-focus messaging to make sure that there's clarity and specificity in her correspondence. This was a super fun conversation. Here we go. Thanks for joining me on the show today, Maggie. It's really good to see you, and um, I'm excited to hear more about what you're doing at Thinking Huts, right? Yes. And so tell us, uh, tell us a little bit about Thinking Huts and what, uh, what you guys are hoping to accomplish and how you're helping make the world a better place. Yes. So we're planning to build the world's first 3D printed school next year in Madagascar. Uh, we, the idea started actually six years ago um, in high school. My dad and I were talking about the future of technology and where we thought it was going. And I thought it would be really amazing to find a way to use 3D printing and to use it for some good. And that's how the idea sort of sprouted to build 3D printed schools. So in the past six years, we've been doing a lot of research and partnership developments so we're hoping everything stays on track for next year and we're kicking off fundraising the end of this month for our first holiday campaign. That's great. Um, historically, have you fundraised through friends and family? Are you, have you been doing some outreach? How have you been bringing people in to, to date? So far, it's just been friends and family. So this will be the first time we're approaching corporate sponsors and trying to get more of a community involved and trying to really grow that and getting the awareness out there. I know that social media is such a huge platform now, so we're trying to use that to reach more people. That's great. What channels are you playing in in terms of uh, your social right now? We're on all the major platforms, but focusing on Instagram and Facebook. Okay. Does that match your target demographic in terms of who you anticipate giving? Yes. So Facebook, more of an older demographic. And then Instagram, we're using more for Gen Z millennial type of age groups to who would maybe be more interested in sharing the awareness. That's great. Well, let's take a step back and talk about your journey into this, into this endeavor. So 3D printing, what's a I'm assuming you've been doing that as a, you know, on your own as a hobby or something for a while. Have you been doing 3D printing for a while? 
Actually, no. So the type of 3D printing we're going to be involved in is a bit different than the desktop size, which Mm -hmm. is more plastics. So that's something that's really funny because a lot of people think we're going to build a plastic school, but it's actually going to be out of concrete. And then the printer itself is going to be architectural scale. So we're partnering with a company on that. Okay, that's great. Yeah, I know that they've, they're starting to develop these gigantic 3D printers that print in all sorts of different, different mediums. I just thought maybe you, you came to it from like exploring, you know, kind of desktop 3D printing. And I was just, just seeing if that was what inspired, inspired you. Um, I wouldn't say like desktop 3D printing. I think when I first saw people using construction and it wasn't commercially available back in high school, that's sort of how the idea came to me to build schools using that technology. And so my journey has more been researching and tracking the development of the architectural scale ones, specifically for the construction industry. Mm-hmm. And how did you pick Madagascar as your as your target uh, first first deployment? Yeah, so we considered several countries based upon local nonprofits. So we reached out to them to identify the needs and that validated what we were trying to do, trying to provide an infrastructure solution that involves local communities. So we're hoping to help do technology transfer and really train communities on how to use the printer as well. So it's not just a one-time type of thing. And so specifically for Madagascar, I was studying abroad in England last year and I came in touch with Seed Madagascar and they're based there. And we really narrowed down on Madagascar due to it being, I believe, the fifth poorest country in the world. So there's a lot of growth there and the need for schools is very prominent, I believe. Over 60% are at or below the poverty line and a lot are rural. So our pilot will probably be more urban just to work out the kinks there. But our end goal would be to build where the schools are most needed in the remote areas. Okay, so you're going to have a pilot program probably in a, in a more urban area and then expand that out as you've, as you've shown proof of concept, expand that out to, to more rural areas it, still in Madagascar. Are, is that the, the, the target goal? Yes, exactly. We're going to focus on Madagascar and hopefully build schools throughout there. And then if we're able to secure other funding and partnerships, we would expand to other countries. Okay, great. So, so it sounds like you have a pretty big push for, uh, for kind of this end of year giving. Um, I'm, I'm assuming you're hoping to take care, take advantage of Giving Tuesday and Colorado Gives Day as part of that, uh, that push. Are you, so currently, uh, how active are you on, on social media and, and what's your email list look like and how, you know, what, what kind of assets do you, do you have in, in terms of uh, followership? Yes. So in terms of the newsletter, I believe we have about 500 subscribers. So we're trying to increase that, especially um, in terms of social media. Instagram is our strongest. I believe we have about 6,000 on there. And we're hoping to really increase um, awareness around that. We were accepted into an accelerator program called Sci City, and Demo Day is next week. So we're hoping that will also have people come to our platforms and hopefully donate through that. Okay, that's great. Is that accelerator a, a are, is that a, a kind of a hands-on program where you you have a multi 
month uh, engagement and, and you have mentors kind of helping you figure, figure out how to, how to, you know, grow. What's, what's that program look, look like? So we started that about a month ago. So it's um, more short term, I would say a month and a half was the length of it. And it is hands on. We were matched up with a couple mentors and then we got access to the Yale community. So those people have really shaped our pitch deck and business plan. Okay, great. So that, so those, you, you came out of that program with some great assets that you can then use uh, to, to start conversations. Yes. Okay, fantastic. And then you mentioned some corporate giving. Are do you have a target list? Are you is there a certain type of corporation that you're going after to start? What what is, what's that what's that look like? So we're hoping to approach companies who have similar values. For example, Patagonia, they're very into sustainability and that's one of the branches that we are including because 3D printing would also tie into reducing carbon footprint and all of that. So we're really targeting companies with CSR branches that would be interested in doing more of a social impact initiative. Okay, great. So as you're starting to reach out for those corporate opportunities, do you, do you, do you currently have, have you, have you developed a, you know, a a target list of the people that you need to talk to within each of those organizations? Are you just kind of, you just have an aspirational list right now? How far along that path have, have you gotten? We do have a built-out Excel spreadsheet with the contact information and the companies that we are hoping to approach. And in terms of that, I'm having our board of directors really target that because I found that personally, um, since I am a younger founder, it is sometimes difficult trying to go in. And then I think a lot of people have an assumption that maybe it's a school project when I'm actually doing this, like for a, a full career type of thing. <laughs> right. I understand. Yeah, that could be a little bit of a challenge. Um, so I would say one of the things that you might consider in terms of that corporate outreach is really starting to get very active on, on LinkedIn. And when I say active, um, I do mean in kind of all of the things that, that one can take advantage of there um, and and start to reach out either through your board or through um, through your own account or both um, to specific people on LinkedIn. And one of the things that is super helpful there is is to consider the that platform is a relationship building opportunity as opposed to a hi, I'm Maggie, give me some money sort of opportunity. Um, and so really starting to nurture those relationships and, and look at the, the ability to, um, to kind of come at that from two different angles. So the, the first being kind of top down. So targeting the decision makers and the second being from the bottom up. So look at, at relationships within that organization that would have some organizational pull or push up the, up the ladder um, to try and try and create a, a two way mechanism there where you're, you're, you're really targeting that organization as a whole, as opposed to just a single person within that organization. So, you know, more than one person starts talking about this really cool pilot program that you have going on. And, and, and so it just develops buzz kind of within, within the organization itself. Now, 
on any social platform, the tendency is to use that as a soapbox and to just get out there and shout your, your stuff and you're putting stuff out there and it's great. And, you know, maybe you're starting to get some people to like it or, or comment on it would be awesome, but it's social is a two way street. So developing relationships within social media is what really unleashes the power of the, of, of those networks and those channels. So making sure that you're commenting on, on people's posts and, and being very active within uh, any of those platforms that you're using Facebook, Instagram, if you, if you go more, more hard on LinkedIn than, uh, than in those places. So looking for opportunities to, um, to just get in front of those people by, uh, by engaging with the materials that they're produce, they're putting out there as well. So I know Patagonia is relatively, you know, they, they post every once in a while on, on LinkedIn. I think uh, I follow them. Um, I agree that they're, that's, that's a great company that does, does some really good things in terms of sustainability. Um, you know, just starting to get on their radar. It, it, that one's a, a, you know, a big nut to crack. That's a pretty big company with a lot of people trying to get their attention. Um, so thinking of ways to kind of ooch into their sphere of influence or their, their network in other ways. So maybe follow people, follow some of their, um, brand ambassadors and start engaging, engaging there. Um, you know, follow some people that are a little lower down in the company and start really, you know, you know, put them on your, on your watch list. And when they post things, you know, comment on them, say, Hey, that was really cool. Or congratulations on the, on being in the news or whatever it is. Um, comments tend to go a lot farther than just likes. Um, so it's, you know, the, the easy thing to do is just, you know, hit the heart button and go on to the next one. Um, but, but really creating engagement opportunities and, you know, and then, and then if you can get into conversation, so ask questions and, and, and pick their brains and, and, you know, just get, get, get a two way thing going on with, with these people on any of those social platforms, I think is going to be a really valuable way for you to, to start to, to get more people into your, into your sphere. You mentioned newsletters as well. Uh, tell me a little bit about your current email strategy. So right now we're trying to do monthly informational newsletters. And then if we have a, a big piece of news, for instance, um, we just added a board of director member from mm -hmm. Microsoft. So we informed them on that. And then in terms of like regular newsletters, we're going to try to switch to weekly just to create more engagement because I know the biggest thing is trying to get people to open and then read it because I know inboxes get very flooded. Yes. And then approaching the holiday campaign, it'll be more frequent trying to get people to go to a landing page with all the information. So holiday season does get really noisy in the nonprofit space. So uh, it's great that, to hear that you're aware of that and that you're, you have a plan. Um, and you're, you're absolutely correct that email has started to, I think email is still a very viable tool, particularly for some of the older, older generation people. So some of those donors that you may be looking for, um, people that might be interested in bringing their, their companies on as a com as a corporate sponsor, those will tend to be uh, a little, you know, age, age up a little bit more. 
Um, and so email does tend to be a pretty good avenue there. I think that discounting your the the value of your email list is something I would encourage you not to do because it it's still a viable um, direct contact <laughs> mechanism that you have at your disposal. So a, a couple things with with that. One of the things that we have started to do and and that we we've seen work pretty effectively is instead of a sort of choose your own adventure newsletter, um, come up with one thing that you want people to read about and whether that's something that you're sharing within the sustainability, sustainability space. So it could be something just completely tangential to what, what you guys are doing. It could be about education or it could be about 3d printing or it could be about, you know, architecture or, or, you know, building changes, um, you know, whatever that is, becoming a maven where you're a viable resource for information is is super, it, it's actually super effective and, and powerful because people start to look at you as a, as a thought leader. But instead of sending out a newsletter and saying, hey, here are the nine articles or nine things that we think are, are neat this month, um, send that out as individual emails that have one thing to have people focus on. And the other thing that we've been doing is, is keeping those con confined within the, e the email ecosystem. So instead of saying, here's a neat article and having someone, you know, click out to a blog post about that on your site, just put the whole thing in there and, and, you know, you can have a link to that article. Um, and, certainly bring some of your expertise to why you think that is, is a cool thing to pay attention to and then try and create a two way mechanism there as well. So give people the opportunity, ask them a question, give them the opportunity to uh, opportunity to just reply within that, that system. So they're in an email to say, Hey, if you want to learn more, um, you know, reply with, tell me more to this email and we'll get you some more info or, you know, basically, you know, creating, leveraging the power of that, that tool that they have at their disposal that they have open right there and, and just give them the information within that tool and then allow them to use that same tool to, uh, to engage. Um, those, those can be, you know, effective for sure. Do you think that would be effective within a nonprofit space? Um, for example, would you recommend it separate from other nonprofit related newsletter type of things? Because it seems like if we were to focus on that, um, it would sort of be different than if we were to share news just based on nonprofit related things. So give me an example of what, what you're thinking there, um, just so I have a, a better understanding of how to answer that question. Yeah. So um, from what I got with your example, so we would be focusing maybe on 3D printing construction as an idea. So if we did that um, every week, maybe like with um, the news articles, as you're saying, where would that fit in if we were to do um, more informational updates like, oh, we have a holiday campaign upcoming like this month. Right. Um, so we tend to look at a ratio and, and this is, this is modeled for social media, but it, but you can take the same kind of idea around email. Um, and that ratio tends to be if you had 15 posts, so let's just say you're posting to Twitter once a day. So for, for, or to, 
to Instagram. So for three weeks, and we'll just do business business weeks. So you know, there are five five days in a week. You're going to post five five times uh, a week. Um, roughly ten of those posts can be Maven content. So those can just be informational. Um, here's something interesting that we think you might want to pay attention to. Here's uh, you know, here's another nonprofit that we think is neat. Here's some information about um, you know about architecture trends in 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 schools just very informational type stuff that you don't necessarily have to create. Um, you, I would like to see you add some flavor to that. So don't just post a link to, you know, uh, the Bill and Melinda Gates foundation because they did something neat, but say why you think that that was neat. And, and then, you know, and then you can, can provide that information. But so 10 of those 15 should be, can be in that space where you're just, you're just curating content and you're just creating, um, information about four of those, um, can be more thought leadership type of things. So, um, those could be blog posts that you have created that are, that are very specific to the challenges that you're, you're trying to, to overcome or, um, you know, thought leadership stuff that's not just curated content. So, you know, those would be the kinds of things. And then one of those would be an ask or an offer. And so that's where you've created this nice blend of stuff that you're, that you're putting out. And so it's not like you're hitting people over the head all the time with donate money or, you know, do this thing or, you know, download this, this resource that you've created. It's, it's not about self promotion as much as it is about thought leadership. And, you know, certainly work in and ask every once in a while. And I would say as you're, as we're moving to this giving time of year, those asks should come more frequently. Um, however, that that's kind of a nice healthy ratio. So again, that's typically what we look at in terms of a, a, a social media campaign to, to pull that back a little bit to email. I would say email more frequently, um, you know, which it sounds like you're doing. So let's say you're sending out an email once a week or, or, maybe twice a week, you can, you can leverage that, that material that you're, that you're curating, um, and send out emails. I probably wouldn't email people five times a week. Um, but you know, three times a week is a, is a decent cadence. And typically if those are, you know, two, at least two of those are kind of this, this Maven content, this, you know, thought leadership type stuff where you're bringing something of value and, and sharing it with your community. And then one of those could be an ask, particularly as you're, as we're going into this giving season. Um, you know, I think that that might be a, a good, a good cadence for you on that. Did that answer your, your question? Yes, that makes a lot of sense. Um, just one last question on that oh, topic. Yeah. Um, do you think that would apply to also brand, um, I guess, profiles? Because I totally understand thought leadership, but I wonder if that would fit in to more of a brand profile when you're doing more of an opinion piece. <laughs> so in terms of a brand profile, would that be showcasing one of your corporate's partners or would that be showcasing another nonprofit, but, or what, what, tell me, tell me a little more about what you mean by uh, the brand profile piece. So I mean that, um, so the thinking huts profile itself. So like the Instagram account, mm -hmm. um, if you were to put in thought leadership, I feel that that would make sense maybe for my 
personal account like if you're like telling people your thoughts I just wasn't sure how that would tie into more of the company account so on your company account what what I think you can do is is level again leverage kind of tangential materials that are that are aligned with with what you guys are doing so a lot of times we think about about different buckets that we might want to pull from for social media uh, information. So those buckets can be, um, you know, it could, you could have an environmental bucket, you could have an, uh, a, a building and design bucket, you could have, um, you know, culture in Madagascar bucket. Um, so just thinking about types of, of materials that you might be able to curate or create that fall into you know, uh, let's just say, let's, let's find five of these. And, and so one of them, one of the buckets would be, um, would, would be news about your organization and, and progress that you're making. Um, and so on Tuesday you put out something that says, Hey, we, you know, we, we landed a new board member from Microsoft and her name is, is Jill and this is her profile and this is how you can get to know her. And this is, you know, these are the great things that she brings to the table for our organization. And then, you know, Wednesday you, you would promote something about, um, about, you know, school, um, school building changes due to COVID that you're, that you're just seeing in the industry and how that's affecting, you know, so that's affecting the way that you're going to build a building um, in, in terms of, you know, just thinking about modularity, for example. So, you know, when we get through COVID, um, you know, the, the school rooms are going to look a lot different than they look today. Um, so how, how has architecture changed to enable that modularity. So that might be, you know, something to, to post and it's going to be theoretically, I mean, it's going to be interesting to some portion of, of your list in terms of all, all the people following you on Instagram or Facebook or, um, or even in your email. Um, so it may not appeal to everybody, but that's okay. Because if you, you know, if you just do one thing, um, and that appeals to one segment of your audience, then the rest of the audience is going to go away. So if you do a bunch of different things, then the likelihood that you're engaging with, with that wider audience in terms of at some point during that conversation, um, you know, uh, the, the likelihood's a lot higher if you have kind of a mix of stuff that you're, that you're putting out there. And I, I would certainly have brand awareness and, and, you know, talking about what you're doing as the forefront um, but, but coming at it from, from the perspective of it's, it's an information center as well, um, can be, can be pretty valuable. Yes. I think that's definitely really helpful, especially with the examples. I could definitely see, as you were saying with the buckets, just defining different topics that you could focus in on. And I think that would be a good strategy. Yeah. It's kind of helpful to have that, it, to, to just create a list of the, of, kind of those, what those buckets are. And, um, you know, ours, ours are going to be different than yours. Um, you know, we certainly have uh, an environmental component to what we do. And so environmental outreach and, and talking about, you know, things that people can do today to, to get more involved in, uh, in environmental causes. That's something that we would talk about. That's, that's not really, it's a, it's about brand building a little bit because it's part of our brand, but, you know, we might just have, 
an ask that we that we put out there. You know, I know that the NRDC was doing something fairly recently about protecting um, some some wild spaces in in Alaska, and so you know, we just put out like if you want to if you want to do something today, here's something you can go do and 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 really help. Um, you know, we talk about we have case studies, we have you know client wins, we have things like that that are part parts of of that brand bucket. But then you know, a lot of the stuff we're talking about is just how how to navigate things as a nonprofit. Um, and so that would be another bucket for us. So really just thinking about those items that, that you believe would be interesting to different segments of your, uh, of your, your current list and your current um, audience, and then just provide each of those little, little segments as, as opportunities. Um, so I'm, I, I wrote down a few things. So podcast is something that uh, obviously that's one of the buckets that I draw from in terms of announcing like when, when the, this episode drops, I'll have a little announcement that, that the episode dropped. And so that's a bucket that, that I draw from, um, you know, translation in terms of other people's ideas. So bringing, bringing that Maven thing back to the table is a bucket. Um, so I'm always out looking for, you know, new, new marketing things. And, and if I, if I know of somebody that has, has a cool trick, I'll let, let my audience know that this is a cool trick that this person created. So it's, it, you don't have to create the content out of your own brain all the time. You can leverage other people's um, ideas. Uh, I would recommend, you know, saying where you got those ideas so that, so that you're not just stealing, but, uh, but certainly, you know, just the, the value there is not always having to have a unique idea, but knowing where to get a unique idea um, that becomes just super valuable. So, um, so that takes a little, a little bit of that pressure off and that's where that Maven component comes into play. Do you, do you have, so you're hoping to start construction or to, to print this school in 2021. Is that, is that when you're hoping to launch? Yes, we're hoping all things go well in terms of the pandemic. And then also that's dependent on funding too. Okay. How much funding are you seeking? We're hoping to raise at least 350000 We just need a big cushion because we're not quite sure how the whole transportation will look. In terms of getting the materials to Madagascar? Um, the printer itself, we're shipping from Finland, so there may be some difficulties in terms of imports, and a lot of people are just uncertain about it based upon who we've asked about it. It really comes down to who you get at the port. Okay. And then in terms of the, uh, just, uh, I'm, I'm interested to, to learn more about how this works. So are you purchasing the printer or are you, are you leasing it? Like, how does, how does that work? We're planning to purchase it so then we can use it to build future schools. Okay. Wow. 350,000 for a a printer that. uh, Oh, not just the printer. That's like the total cost of the whole pilot project. The printer itself will be around 180. Well, I, I mean, I'm actually amazed that they're that inexpensive. That was a piece (laughs) that was kind of amazing to me. So you know, I, you, you taught me something today that I could, I could buy a 3d, a, a huge industrial 3D printer for under $200,000. That's kind of amazing. So essentially you get it in, in country and then 
have it do its stuff at the first location and then you just move it to the second location and have it do, do its thing there? Is that how you do that? Or do you set up a central location in, in Madagascar where you're printing and then you ship the, the, the components to the, to the end, end spot? It would be moved by truck. So that's why we're doing urban location first, because there are problems in terms of being able to travel by road to more remote areas. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, that seems like a really modest, I mean, so 350,000 gets you a school. Yes. So we're hoping like that number will be (laughs) achievable through like individual donations and also corporate sponsors who might be interested. Okay. How big is your donor list right now? Is it, is it like 500? Is, is that your email yes, list? It's the same as the newsletter. So we just migrate those emails over. Okay. And how much have you raised so far? So, so far we have raised 5,000 in terms of individual, but we took a step back a lot for this year just because of all that was going on with like the election and then Mm -hmm. also protests over the summer. We thought maybe it would not be a good idea to try going for all of those. Okay. Well, it's a, that's a great start. Um, Are you, are you, so one, one of the things that I like to talk about with with nonprofits is how can you, how can you access the power of that community to, to get more people on board? Um, particularly when people like, people like being part of a, of a movement and part of a, of, of an objective. And, um, and when we can't be part of that from a financial standpoint, because, of uh, economic downturns or, you know, we've lost our job or you know, whatever the, the thing might be that would, would create that anxiety a- around being able to donate, trying to create other mechanisms by which people can be giving to your organization can be really super helpful for both your organization and the people involved. Um, are you typically giving people more than one oppor- opportunity to getting involved when you, when you're reaching out in terms of don't donate, do a one-time donation, do a monthly donation, you know, share this with your, with, with your, your friends and family and your uh, networks. Yes, we do have the option between um, monthly and then just a one-time donation. I do think that's something we could work on in terms of getting people to share the message. I just do not know how to approach that because I know like other companies have maybe something they draw on their hand and then like that's how they raise awareness that way. But I'm just not quite sure how we would do it. Gotcha. Well, I think there's a power in stories. And... And that power typically a lot of, a lot of ways nonprofits use that is, is to, to go to those areas that they're hoping to, uh, you know, bring, bring some, something amazing to and talk with those people and get their stories about lack of, of something. So talking to kids about, you know, how much it hurts to not have a, a school to go to. Um, or how sad that makes them and, and those, those types of things. So those can be super, super effective. Um, another way to come at it is to, to tap into um, your donors uh, emotions and have them think about what, 
what their first day of school was like and, and really kind of bring them back to that six-year-old self where, you know, they were walking into this, this new building for the first time and, and, and experiencing that, that joy and, and, you know, or, or fear or, you know, all of those things that come into play with, with, with that from the position of being privileged to have that experience. Right. And so you tap into that emotion. If you, if you can gather video testimonials or even written testimonials about that, that can then help inspire people to say, you know, I remember my first day of school. And so I want to, I want to help some, some kid in, in Madagascar to, to have that same experience. So just leveraging those stories can be, can be really helpful. Um, another thing I had another idea there for, for you. Um, Oh, it's, it just, it just left my brain. Um, I'll, I'll think of it again, I bet. Um, but, but really I think, you know, trying to, t- to tie into those, to those emotional experiences and, and get people on board. Um, in terms of the sharing piece, um, are you, t- are you taking donations online right now at, at, on your site? Are you using PayPal or how, how are you, how are you collecting donations right now? We're using DonorBox on okay. our website, and I believe that goes through Stripe. Okay. And when you, so you have a landing page where somebody comes in and, and enters their information and says how much they want to donate, and you give them the opportunity to donate monthly or, or donate one time. And then is there a thank you page that, that they land on? I believe that it will send them an email once they donate. And then that has the information that we thank them for their donation. And then all the other information, I believe, for tax purposes. Mm -hmm. Okay. And can you customize that email? Like you can put your own messaging in in that email? Mm -hmm. Okay. So in that email, what I would do is make sure that you have a, a next step ask. So that next step ask would be, you know, thank you for your donation. Can you share this with your, with your community and, you know, maybe create a little badge that says I donated or, or, you know, give them something uh, easy for them to do. Um, So there are ways to, to craft a message and have a share link um, on different social media platforms. But, but basically, you know, get that, keep that ball rolling. So, you know, one of the things that happens when we, when we take an action, when we do that, it's the, almost the highest point of, of enthusiasm that we're ever going to get for our engagement with that organization. So, you know, we've just decided that we're going to give $5 to, to, uh, thinking huts and, and we're super thrilled to do that. And our dopamine levels are, you know, off the charts that's when it's really, really important and, and to continue that engagement. You have somebody you know, at the height of their enthusiasm, the likelihood f- that they're going to take a, ne- a next action or another action is pretty high. And so giving them that opportunity and making it as easy as possible for them to do that is, uh, is, is something that you should, you should try. Um, and, and crafting those messages for them, like here's here's the message that you can share on LinkedIn or on, on Instagram. Here's an image that you can use. Um, you know, just making that process as simple as possible for those people who have, who have donated, um, is, 
I would, I would tap into that for sure. Yeah, those are great ideas. I'll definitely have to implement them. Um, I think just having a different perspective is so helpful. <laughs> oh, my pleasure. Um, so I know that you need to, to run here pretty quickly. Um, what was your, what's a, a takeaway? What's something that you're going to try uh, based on, on what we've talked about today? Probably focusing on engagement, as you were saying, with maybe putting more action items and then expanding the amount of newsletters that we're going to be putting out and giving people more information. And also maybe expanding upon storytelling too. I think that's such a big thing, especially since people can relate to things. And um, as you were saying, the first day of school feeling, I think that could be really powerful too. Cool. Well, I'm glad that you ha- that you got something out of out of this conversation today. I'd like to end all of my um, my conversations on on the show with an action ask, and um, you know, ultimately, I'm really trying to inspire people to do things as opposed to just talk about things all the time. And so, if there was one thing that you could have our listeners do after listening to the to this episode, what would you what would you want them to do? Um, well, that would be great if they could visit our website, which is thinkinghuts.org. Our holiday campaign launches November 23rd, so they should have all the information if they were to sign up for the newsletter through there. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. It was really great talking with you, and I've, I'm excited to hear how 2021 goes and to see pictures of your new, uh, new school being built in Madagascar. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy we got to meet and I'd love to keep in touch. (laughs) Oh, thanks. Please do. I'll talk to you soon. All right, there you have it. Another great episode of Relish This, the purpose-driven marketing podcast. If you want to continue the conversation and see how we can unearth some gold for your organization, head over to relishstudio.com slash podcast to sign up to be a guest on the show.